0: i believe that content has the power to connect us all it's up to you how you use it listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests as well as practical tools and strategies from me it's so lovely to have you here let's dive into the show Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 33 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Lisa Turner from Accounted for You. Lisa believes that her job is to make those dreams of yours a reality. She works in the background to make sure you don't find yourself in bass or superannuation struggle street. Numbers are her thing. All through school, maths was super easy for her and she has a real knack for the details. After a corporate career with some big-name corporates, her passion drew her to female-led businesses. She absolutely loves the creativity, drive and enthusiasm each and every business owner has. So true, Lisa. If you're searching for a qualified professional and cheery bookkeeper, that's Lisa. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa.
1: Why, thank you so much for having me on, Mel. It's an absolute pleasure. It's so lovely to have you here because we were just talking before we hit record
0: that um, whilst we have known each other for a while, this is our first conversation one-on-one together and it's just the power of social media, right? It sure is. It's amazing. It certainly is. Now, Lisa, I absolutely love to know why. I love to know why things work and why people do what they they do. I'm a real naturally inquisitive person. So, in your bio, you mentioned that you work for some big-name corporates, but I would love to know why you actually started your own business and what has that journey been like for you because you now manage an amazing team of bookkeepers.
1: It's been a really uh, amazing, exciting, uh, scary journey at times, as I imagine everyone's small businesses journeys are. Um, You mentioned my corporate background. I did, you know, the 40, 50 hours a week, uh, working public holidays, and I loved it. I love doing all that, but... I transitioned out of that and started my own business because I started a family as it's such a common story and um, that's how a lot of our small businesses start and a lot of the people that I work with and because of that, that's why I wanted to start my own to have my own business, to be more flexible around my own family and support other people in the same boat really.
0: Yeah. And that's absolutely
1: so true, Lisa,
0: that so many of us do start our businesses for that freedom and the flexibility that it provides. So I think that it's really beautiful that not only have you done that for yourself and for your own family, but now you are helping other people do that as well. So you're managing a team of people at the moment. And what has that particular part of your journey been like?
1: It's been a little bit different. Um, I manage teams as an employee, but managing your own team, it's just so different. Um, You have more flexibility to give them better working environments. And because I want to support them and their families, that's a huge thing to give them that flexibility and no pressure. If someone's sick, don't come to work. Like you don't feel like you have to come in. And so the journey is different because I want it to be different for me and for them yeah and that's such a beautiful thing as well
0: and once again I'm very much similar in terms of my beautiful team members as well it's for me it's all about the family first and you know that's why we're doing what we're doing and to give other women the opportunity to do that as well to have that freedom and flexibility I think is really important and if we can continue to support each other through hiring team members or through working with other small businesses who have similar philosophies. I think that um, that can only amplify all of our success. So I just absolutely love that, Lisa. Now, today we're talking about numbers, which is your jam as a bookkeeper. You just absolutely love numbers. I know that. My first question to you is what happens if we don't care about our numbers or if we don't look at our numbers or if we like to you know, bury our head in the sand when it comes to our numbers. What can actually happen?
1: It, it's endless. There's so many things that can go wrong. Um, businesses can close. You can have no money. You have no idea where you're up to. And a really common scenario that I see all the time people just go and get their tax return done once a year. So they only look at their numbers once a year. They didn't make any money. They spent too much on something. And because they're not looking at it regularly, they couldn't make any changes. It's too late. So it's really important to not bury your head in the sand. If you want your business to grow and thrive and be sustainable so you can make decisions and change things along the way. If something's costing too much, you can stop it or change it at that point instead of a year down the track.
0: Yeah. And I guess then you're not really you're not going to be surprised at the end of the year, are you? Because you're kind of on top of what's happening during the year. So you know exactly where you are spending too much money or where you perhaps need to change your focus onto something else. So let's just talk about the flip side of this for for a moment then, Lisa. What is actually possible for us if we do look after our numbers?
1: you can be really proactive looking after them. You are, like you mentioned, there's no surprises. You know what your tax bill is roughly going to be and you've put money aside for that. You don't realize six months later that, oh my goodness, I have not registered for GST and all of a sudden you have six months of GST to back pay and reissue invoices. So being really proactive makes you are uh, more aware of what's happening things that are coming up in the future, things you can plan for and put cash aside for, know when to invest, when not to spend, and just helps you make really great business decisions that you otherwise couldn't make. Mm, I love that. And you just mentioned a couple of technical things there,
0: Lisa, and I'd just like to address both of those um, if we could. One is around tax bill. Now, you said you talked about putting money aside for that, how much should we be putting aside and when do we even need to be thinking about doing that? When we first start business, when we're a year into business, when we're 10 years into business, or should we be doing it from the very, very beginning?
1: So from an income tax perspective, that's a discussion you need to have with your tax agent. And so my recommendation is as soon as you're having income, start putting some of that aside because you have income, you are obviously planning to make a profit, which means you're going to have tax to pay. So from the very start, make it your habit because the sooner you start the habit, the easier it is. Mm, I love that. And and you also mentioned about GST as
0: well. So let's just have a quick discussion about this because I know that a lot of business owners get very confused
1: about this. When do you need to start charging GST? And I get that a lot, the confusion. They think GST and income tax are interchangeable or one replaces the other. Mm -hmm. So just to highlight that, they are two totally separate things. The GST is based on your sales figures. Once you reach sales of $75,000 or more, it's not your profit. It's not your income. It's not nothing to do with your expenses. It's purely sales. And it's not a financial year; it's a rolling twelve months. So you always need to be monitoring it.
0: Oh, that's something that I did not know. I thought it was a financial financial year. So it's a no. rolling twelve. So this yeah. is another really great example then of making sure that you are on top of your numbers because if you don't exactly. realize, yeah, if you don't realize you're getting close to that cap over seventy five thousand dollars, you won't realize that you need to start charging that GST. And you mentioned about then having to go back and reissue invoices. So I'm assuming that if you do reach that cap of $75,000 and you're not charging the GST, that there's a lot of work in going back and fixing it.
1: Yeah. And it's out of your pocket because you didn't charge it and you probably can't go back and charge them in Mm. retrospect. So Mm. that's why it's really important to be on top of that. Okay. Awesome. So when we're actually thinking about being on top of
0: our expenses and being on top of our income so we can make sure that we're not only just doing the best for our business and ourselves and for our future growth, but we're also, you know, making sure that we're doing the right thing by the the law and the regulations. How do you recommend that we start tracking these things? How can we track our expenses? How can we track our income because I know a lot of people feel like diving straight into a
1: software can be expensive overwhelming as well Mm. yeah there's so many options and so many ways to look at this and my personal recommendation is to always start with software but I get it in the early days like we said it's overwhelming it's hard you might not have any income coming in yet so one of the options that I see a lot of people do is a simple spreadsheet You just plug your figures in, make sure you're tracking how much your income is, and by tracking, just putting it in how much you received and having extra pages for your expenses. So you can see those expenses that are going out as well because you can claim all those expenses even while you're not generating any revenue, which some people aren't aware of. So that's probably what a lot of people use as their first stepping stone if software is too overwhelming for them and something they're just not comfortable to dive into first. Yeah, awesome. And I know, um, Lisa, you have a resource that you can share with people as well if
0: they're looking to start at the spreadsheet level, if they just are a little bit too overwhelmed with the thought of having to dive straight into a software. And um, I will pop the link to that in the show notes as well. Great. Right.
1: Yeah. Because whilst I think software is always the best option, if you're going to use spreadsheets, I want it to be something easy and simple. So I put one together. Yeah. And how often should people
0: actually be tracking their expenses, Lisa? Because I just, you know, I I read in Facebook groups how people, you know, get to the end of the financial year and they have a whole shoebox full of receipts and stuff.
1: <laughs> um, It depends on you and your business and your processes. And this is what I always tell people, do what works best for you. If it's every day, like if you have a couple of transactions and want to do it every day, do it every day. If it's once a week and you only have, a handful do it once a week at an absolute minimum do it monthly because then you're knowing what happened that month and you can plan for the month ahead but whatever you work out it's different for everyone but stick to it so if you're going to do it weekly do it weekly don't let it pile up because then you'll let it pile up more and more and ignore it just stick to what you decide there's no right or wrong so long as you're not leaving it for months.
0: Yeah. Right. And I just want to pick up on something you said right there, and that was to do what works best for you. Oh my goodness. How much do I love this? Because we can not only just apply it to our financial side of our business, but every single aspect of our business. And I talk a lot about this a lot when it comes to content as well, making sure that you listen to what people have to say, but don't necessarily take on board everything that they say and do everything that they say. Because when we're trying to do all the things, what happens is we just do not do any of them very well at all. So I love how you said here that do what works best for you. That is absolutely awesome because we all have different levels of time, energy and resources as well. Yep. You know, some people are running one, two, three businesses or they have their family on the side. And, and they still need working
1: to... part-time. Yes, you know?
0: all of these things. So they may not have the you know, ability to be able to track their expenses every single day or every single week, even it might just be that they do it once a month, but I love that. Just find what works best for you and then put it into your diary as well and do it. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So if we're Tracking numbers and we find that perhaps the spreadsheet is not working for us and we're thinking about choosing a software to start tracking. What sort of things should we be looking for or how do we make that decision which software is best for us?
1: And again, that's different for everyone. My personal favourite is zero and we are 100% zero But it comes down to if you're doing it yourself, go and check out the softwares, have a look at them, see which ones feel comfortable. You can generally get a demo or have a look at some videos and things on them and see which ones work for you. Another key area to think about is what other platforms are you using that might need to integrate with them and check that they work together if that's important to you. All of the softwares do the same core tasks, they just do it a different way, except there's a couple uh, that might not be suitable for Australia or uh, compliant, and you can find those things on their pages and things like that. So there's the main ones, of course, Zero, Myob, QuickBooks, and Reckon, um, but they all do an amazing job just in a different way. Yeah, fabulous. Now you
0: mentioned just then something about integrated platforms and other software that integrates with the financial software that you choose. When you mentioned that, what kinds of things are you thinking about?
1: So if you already have a really uh, fancy or customized invoicing platform or membership area and it's important for you for that data to automate over to your accounting software, um, so things like your membership plugins, your invoice to go, uh, Dubsado, those kind of things, a lot of those integrate with these accounting platforms to help make things a little bit easier. Oh, fabulous. I didn't know that. I've learned something new today. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Wonderful.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So now we know how we should be looking at our numbers, tracking our expenses, looking at our income to make sure that we're adhering to all of the financial regulations that we need to, as well as making sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity for growth. If we get to a stage where our time perhaps doesn't allow us to do it ourselves. And we need to think about perhaps outsourcing our bookkeeping to someone else. As a bookkeeper, I would love to you know from you, how do we know when it's time to outsource?
1: There's lots of different signs um, and a couple of the key ones are, as you mentioned, time. If you simply don't have the time to be doing it, that's amazing. You want to outsource it and focus on your revenue generating and other activities you're doing in your business. So that's a key one if you're finding you're not up to date and you're doing it that once a year, that's probably a big sign that you need to get someone to help you with it. Another one that we see a lot of is you're missing a lot of your expenses or income and your numbers aren't adding up to what you thought they might be. You forgot to track things. You forgot to keep copies. You're not sure where you're up to. That's another sign that it's a great time to go out and get a bookkeeper. Awesome. And do you think that there's different stages of outsourcing?
0: So. Is it all or nothing when it comes to to handing over your numbers to a bookkeeper or can you do it in stages?
1: You can absolutely do it in stages and all bookkeepers offer different services so you would just need to find the one that fits in with you and your business and your ethos and how you want to do things. There are some bookkeepers that offer a review uh, service and just help you and support you with your questions or do zero training and things for you, or they might just do your payroll and you do everything else or vice versa or the fully done for you. So you can find bookkeepers that offer all different levels of services. I think that a lot of people as
0: well, Lisa, when they first outsource anything, they feel like it has to be perfect before they can hand it over. So if they feel like it's in a mess, is that still okay? Or does do, do you have to get it all perfect and in order first?
1: No, that's totally fine. And it's really common. If yours is in a mess, chances are it's actually not in a mess. You might just feel like it is because it's not up to date or things like that that's not messy. And it's really quite simple and straightforward for people to dive in and get it up to date and sorted. There is no judgment from any of us. We love doing it. It. There is nothing that's ever to, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Like people get so self-conscious and there's really no need to.
0: Right. Okay. So you're saying that it's okay if I don't have everything perfect and in order to, to hand it over to a bookkeeper.
1: Yeah. And most oftentimes it's actually easier because if they try and rush through and push it all through and just enter stuff to all random places to try and get it looking tidy, mm. there might be more things that need editing and changing. So if
0: we're thinking that we do really want to engage with um, a bookkeeper or outsource part of our financials, how do we go about finding that perfect person? Because like you said before that, you know, different people offer different services. So how do we know which person's the right person for us?
1: There's a whole heap of questions that you need to ask. Are they registered? Are they insured? What's their process? How do they communicate with me? And I've put together a PDF with a whole heap of questions that you can ask and some good answers and some feedback and things to get you thinking about what's important to you when you're outsourcing. Because you don't know the questions to ask. You've never done it before. So, yeah, I've put together a PDF of 10 questions to ask and help you work out what's best suited for you. Awesome. Thank
0: you for that, Lisa. And I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes as well. So, I think that this has been a really great discussion around, you know, the very first steps of how you can outsource your bookkeeping and continue working with someone and having a great relationship and not being afraid Of numbers. Do you find that people, you know, people are a little bit unsure or a little bit scared when it comes to numbers and do feel a little bit reluctant to dive into them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because no one teaches you how to do it. And it's just one of those things as a small business owner, you have to do. So you can't do it unless you ask questions. Mm -hmm. So there's it's a catch-22 really unless you're trained in it like me you're not going to know so of course you're allowed to be scared or overwhelmed and have as many questions as you like else how else will you learn about it and get rid of that fear because they're really fun and exciting (laughs) for you they are (laughs)
0: yeah so besides that fear is there anything that you see that are common I guess common other common fears or
1: that stop people from actually wanting to work with a bookkeeper. The only fear that I've seen is they've outsourced to the wrong person and been burnt and ended up with more mess or more inaccuracies and debt and things because they weren't kept up to date. That's probably one of the biggest issues I find. And one of the things that I talk about all the time to make sure when you do outsource that they are a registered BAS agent or tax agent, that they have met these qualification needs and things so that you know they're going to look after it the right way for you. Because I see lots of people giving advice and telling how to do bookkeeping in Facebook groups from friends and family. They don't know. And that often adds to the fear and the confusion.
0: Yeah. And I'd actually like to add on that point that You know, I love numbers as well, even though I'm all about the words and the content, but I love, (laughs) I love numbers as well. I'm just, I loved maths at school as well. And I feel fairly confident when it comes to numbers, but I know that a lot of people aren't and I, and I totally, totally understand that. But at the same time, I also wanted to say that uh, listening to your podcast, Lisa, which I will also link <laughs> in the show note, has been an absolute eye-opener for me. I have learned so many different little nuances and tips and tricks when it comes to numbers. So even if you do feel confident with numbers, I really do recommend that A, you go and listen to Lisa's podcast, but also... I thank you. <laughs> but also that you do think about getting help in that space so that you can actually, you know, take your business to the next level. Cause I really do believe that having that knowledge of numbers can really amplify your financial success. And like you said, you know, if we're making sales and we're getting income into our business, then we're here to make a profit. We're here to be in business and we're here to make some money, which is what I want every single woman to be able to do is make money. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, Lisa. But before we go, I love to ask all of my guests about their superpower.
1: So what would you say is your superpower? It might sound really funny, but numbers and making them easy to understand and less stressful for people. I love teaching about them. I love helping people know and learn about them in a really easy to understand way. Like I, you've touched on my podcast. I love sharing it easily and helping people learn. And I'm really passionate about that.
0: And I can hear that passion in your <laughs> voice, Lisa, a hundred percent I can. And it's just so beautiful to hear you say that because I can see not only are you absolutely fantastic at it. It, but you are just driven by this desire to make sure that other women uh, feel comfortable with their numbers and can create success in their own businesses by you know getting on top of it as well. So that is so awesome. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom for us, Lisa?
1: Uh, just to as I touched on before, to make sure you get the right person to help you. Not everybody is a good fit for everybody and that works both ways. not just for from the bookkeeper's perspective, from yours. We're not great for everyone. So make sure you find the one that suits you and your business and will work with you and really help you. Beautiful advice. And we can
0: apply that to any outsourcing partner as well. But I I really, really love that. So Lisa, where can people find out more about you and what you do? I know that you have got a course coming up soon um, and if people want to join in, they can join a waitlist. But would you like to tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm most active on Instagram. I love Instagram. I love chatting with people there at accounted for you. And I would just like to say that Lisa is very good at the reels as well. (laughs) I love doing those. It's a bit weird to be numbers and like the creative, but that's me. Um, Yes, I do have a digital course, Power in Numbers. Uh, You can join the waitlist for that, which Mel will link in the show notes. It's a foundations course to help you understand the basics, get confident and learn about the things that you need to do in the early days. I love it. Thank you so much
0: for coming onto the podcast today, Lisa, and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly
1: appreciate you being here. Thank you. I've loved it. I love talking about it and it was lovely to chat with you. Thank you, Mel. Thanks so much for listening. That's it
0: for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at meldbusiness. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking, I'm ready to work with you now, here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the Content Effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating stand out content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.